Welcome to the Go-To-Market Mindset with Michael Gordon, where we talk about all things related to sales, business development, and personal growth. If it's about high performance, we want to take a deep dive into that. And to do that, we'll be talking with some of the sharpest minds in all the land. But don't get too comfortable because we're going to be getting you out of your comfort zone. The Go-To-Market Mindset is brought to you by Sandler Training in Calabasas and me, Michael Gordon. We work with growth-minded companies that know sales is never about price and believe that salespeople have rights. For more information, visit gordon.sandler.com. Welcome to the show. I'm here today with Casey Jones, and we're going to be spending some time talking about women in sales. Casey, welcome to the show. Thanks, Michael. I'm, I'm very glad to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you. Like I said, I follow your content. I am a big advocate and I don't mean to sound like a traitor to my fellow guys, but I think women tend to be rock stars in sales. They're much more coachable and tend to accelerate quicker. So thanks for being on the show and hopefully we dig right into it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm glad to be here and and I agree with you. Women are some pretty incredible sales professionals. So let's dig in and maybe we can start by your experience in sales. Yeah. I know you had mentioned to me that you started off initially in sales. Can you tell me maybe a little bit about your experience, some of the roadblocks and challenges that you faced as a woman that a guy might not have faced and any other tidbits that you might want to share? Sure. So I started my career in sales because I went to a super nerdy intellectual liberal arts college and I graduated having literally no clue what a person could do for a living, let alone what I wanted to do. And so I just sort of fell into sales, um, which I think is a very common story. Um, You're talking to a poli-sci major. I'm right there with you. Yep. I was a poli-sci major too. (laughs) Um, Thought I would be a senator by now. No, didn't work out. No, I'm not corrupt enough. Well, that's for a different um, episode. Um, So yeah, I've got a, I've got a few stories. Like, so um, probably my, I guess this was my second sales job. I sold, I cold called people. This is, I am old enough where we were not given computers. I literally had a stack of paper leads that we would go through. And by the way, literally everyone else in the office had the exact same stack of paper leads. So we were all competing with one another and same, I, same, same leads or same type same of leads, oh. same leads. <laughs> we okay. would cold call um, executives of like fortune 1000 companies and we would sell them super high end client hosting packages at sports events. So the masters, the U S open final four, stuff like that. And, and it, it, it would be crazy where you'd call these numbers so many times that someone across the room, you could hear them ask for a particular extension and you would know exactly who they were calling. And in my first six months, there were eight of us and I was the only woman in my first six months, I outsold all of my seven peers combined, but I would regularly get memos from the boss about how I would be a better salesperson if I smiled more in the office. And let me tell you, yeah. mm -hmm, Wow. Let me tell you the guys on the team, they did not get those memos. It was just one of those, it was one of those experiences where it didn't matter how good I I was. It didn't matter how much I was like killing it and compared to everyone else. Um, There was this constant expectation for me to be the like bubbly girl. And for people that know me, I smile all the time. I'm always in a good mood. Like I'm a super upbeat person, but I would be serious about my work. And that wasn't viewed as an asset. 
it wasn't viewed as, as me being a go-getter. It was viewed as, you know, me being difficult or me being a bitch. That stuff has come up over and over and over again. So I've had other jobs where I've been told that I really needed to stop sharing my opinion in meetings because I needed to give the boys a chance to shine. This was at a totally different company. (laughs) I've been told there have been jokes about how at one company, the VP of sales made jokes about how he insisted that the director of sales development who had hired me, that he was only allowed to hire attractive women. And he would joke about this in front of the entire team. And so basically every single girl on the team, and we were almost 50% women, we would all then sit and have a conversation with each other of like, hey, is, is that why we got this job? And I will also say at that company, the VP of sales would come into town and he would go out with all the AEs and the S um, and the male SDRs, and they would go out to the strip club together. The girls would not be invited. I mean, this is, we're just scratching the surface. I have tons of these stories and almost every woman I know has, you know, plenty of other ones. And so, yes, when it comes to how we do our job, we have a real advantage because a lot of just the natural sort of tendencies as a, as a woman make us really good at what we do. And we're phenomenal listeners. We're intuitive. We're empathetic. We're great communicators, all of these other things. But in the work environment, our gender is often viewed as a liability and the qualities that would make a man rise through the ranks fast is often something that that holds us back in our careers and and makes us known as like difficult to work with or or a bitch. So we'll jump back to some of those qualities that make women more prone to success in sales because that's what I want to talk about. But how do you deal with that? Or how did you deal with that? I spent some time in the military and I know people, and it's universally spread around there, but in the private sector, I don't know that I would put up with that. How did you deal with it? What did you do? It was really hard. And I can tell you the last sales team I was on, the one that I was mentioning where it was 50% women on the sales development team. So there were seven or eight of us. I think only one of those women is still in sales. And one of the things that I see all the time is women will start their career in sales and it will become very obvious that it's going to be significantly more difficult for them to rise through the ranks. And so they wind up leaving and doing something else. And I wound up going to marketing. Now, I don't regret that. I will say this over and over and over again. I have the brain of a marketer and the heart of a salesperson, like it was the right move for me without a doubt. But I think that's, that, that is one of the reasons why we don't see a lot of women in the AE role. It's why, why we don't see enough women in like leadership is women can be amazing as individual contributors. They often are not given the opportunities to get into leadership. And a lot of women wind up getting frustrated and going and doing other things because that pathway, that career development path just is not there. I will also say that I have a big personality. I'm very opinionated. There's lots of other things. Literally every job I've ever had, they love my directness. They love my boldness, like how I communicate all these other things. When they first hire me about a year, year and a half in, they start to get annoyed when I'm being direct with them and not just externally. 
And so I, it's a big part of why I went out on my own. And I, I now have my own business is I got really tired of basically every year and a half having the, the men around me and the men above me getting frustrated that I'm not agreeing with everything they say it becomes an issue. And I know a lot of women who wind up becoming entrepreneurs because their personality is one that just rubs men the wrong way, rubs people the wrong way. And it makes it really hard to continue to rise through the ranks. And I think that that is very, very common. And that's, I think that's one of the reasons why you see so many women entrepreneurs is because we just get tired of dealing with the the internal politics. That makes a lot of sense. And I think that's a great route for a lot of people. Some people just aren't cut out to do entrepreneurship. So for the, the people that aren't cut out to do entrepreneurship, what could you tell them? What If, if you could go back in time, what is kind of a, a red flag that the company that they may be considering joining might not be the, the place that they were thinking it was or might not be the place that they're going to love in 18 months from now? Yeah. So I think that's a good point because I think there's plenty of environments where this isn't the case. I had a tendency to work in smaller companies where smaller companies can get away with more inappropriate cultures. (laughs) (laughs) And because they don't have the oversight, they haven't gotten big enough to like start to kind of make those rules and make culture a really, really important thing. So I would say if I did it all over again, I would have worked at bigger companies at a younger, younger age. I worked at a lot of small companies where one or two personalities totally dominated. And that's not healthy. I also would have done a better job of trusting my gut of like, if a guy says a kind of inappropriate thing in the interview process, or as a woman looks you up and down when you go into the interview, like little things like that, that when I was younger, I just, I would just like let it slide. But I think the other thing that I would do is I would have done a better job of building my network with other women and other professionals outside of the company that I worked at. Because it's it's really hard to go to your coworkers and get an objective opinion. If something happens and you say, hey, you know what? My boss said this to me. It made me feel weird. Is it on him or is it on me? Like, you know, you get that like sanity check. It's hard to go to someone that you work with and have that conversation because they're going to gossip about it. It's going to get around. They're also deep in that experience and that culture, and they're not going to have the most objective view. And I wish that I had done a better job of really building my network outside of the company. So A, I would have more opportunities to get a job somewhere leave, leave else. The companies that leave the company. You, right? yeah. yeah. And I also would have just had more support when something not great was happening to be like, Hey, this happened. Like, what do you, what do you think? What, do, you know, what would you do? And like, be able to get that feedback and that advice. Got it. That makes sense. So have it, have a network, look for red flags. Trust the red flags. If you think it's a red flag, it's a red flag. I, I, I would agree with that in, in all aspects of life. Yeah. But so, let's be honest, all of us in our 20s, we wind up ignoring red flags, whether we're dating, in work, like this is what we do. We sort of have to learn the hard way. But I wish I would have actually learned just a, just a little bit faster. Yeah, well, I don't feel too bad. I know there's a lot of us, maybe myself included, that have seen the red flags before and just choose to ignore them anyways. But 
So let me ask this. I, one of the things I like to ask guests on the show is what's kind of one mindset, one psychological thing that you would like to challenge women in general that are trying, looking to get into sales or that are in sales right now, something that you'd like to challenge them on as, as far as what they think, how they're thinking, or one of their beliefs. Oh, that's a really good one. So I think this is a little bit different for everybody, but I think um, one of the most helpful like exercises that I go through with the clients that I work with is this idea of taking inventory of our limiting beliefs, right? Oftentimes we're not aware of the ways that our own mental model or our own mindset is holding us back. And when we can start to be more aware of those beliefs that we have, it becomes much easier to start to change them. So what I recommend is kind of making a little bit of a ritual of this and sitting down with a good cup of coffee, a cup of tea, a glass of wine, a glass of bourbon, whatever your, your, you know, pick your poison and sitting down and basically writing out every single one of your limiting beliefs, the things that your parents told you when you were growing up, the things that you believe. So things like I'm never going to be good at sales or no one's going to love me if I'm assertive or whatever it is, right? Like all of the things that we tell ourselves or we think um, from time to time, whether it's about our career, ourselves, whatever. And you can get this super focus. So if you want it to be just about your career, have it be about your career, write them all down. Once you start doing it, you'll realize there's a lot more of them than you think there are. And it, <laughs> it, it can be a little bit of an emotional experience. But then what, what I recommend doing is then going back through and changing every single one of those statements and turning it around into a positive affirmation. So if it is, um, uh, I'm not good enough, it's I'm enough. If it is, I'm never going to be the VP, it's I will rise into VP status or whatever it is. You've got to figure out what works for you and what sounds right, but you write every single one of those out into a positive affirmation. And then I know it sounds cheesy, but trust me, it works. Read it, preferably out loud, preferably looking at yourself in the mirror every night before you go to bed, every morning when you wake up. And I guarantee it won't take long in like a week, two weeks, you will start to feel like a different person and you will start to feel like a more badass empowered version of you and things will start to change. No arguments here. I'm a big believer in mindset. I talk about it. I teach it. I, I live it. So awesome. I think that's, I think that's awesome. So what's the, what do you think is the biggest unsupported belief that women in sales or women wanting to go in sales? Have? Without a doubt, almost every woman, their, their core negative or their core limiting belief is I am not enough. Okay. Which is interesting because we were talking before we started recording that we, we, I guess we both find that women tend to make the best people in sales for a lot of reasons. They're women are amazing, amazing sales professionals. And part of it is that women are, um, I think, and you know, partly because we've been sort of taught to be people pleasers, we're really intuitive. We're very good at being able to have a conversation with someone and kind of reading between the lines, which is a lot of sales is like, you notice that your prospect 
is holding back on something and you're like, they're not telling me something. And you have to figure out how are you going to get them to start to open up and tell you more. And there's women are just Yes, this is a stereotype. This is not every single woman. And this is not to say that men can't be good at this too, but women tend to be naturally a little bit more intuitive. And so very good at like building those connections and those relationships. And so I think sometimes women can remind themselves that some of the things that they feel like maybe are a downside or a negative, they're actually kind of like a superpower. Right. And it's just about how we like view it and how we look at those things about ourselves and our, and our own personalities. Yeah. Casey, I wish I could argue with you, but I'm, I'm a hundred percent agreement. Uh, David Sandler used to say, focus on your biggest weakness and your, your weakness will become your greatest power. And boom. Yes. That's 100% it. And I think, and this is true for, for men and women, like I love coaching people around, how do you think of your, your, your biggest triumphs? So when I say triumphs, I mean like, what's the hardest thing you've gone through in your life? And it's usually in, on the personal side. And we often view those things in our past as stuff that like holds us back. But when we really look at them and we look at like the lessons that we learned going through those experiences, or the skills that we gained as a result, we realized that those hard things we went through are totally our superpower and we can use them in like this immensely powerful way that, that no one else can beat. Again, I wish I could dispute you here so we could have a little more uh, friction in this conversation, but I, I'm with you. I gotta say I, something controversial next. Say something, say something controversial. Let's, let's mix it up. Let's argue about something a little bit. Um, <laughs> If you were to, you know, talking to all the, the women out there that are yeah. maybe considering getting into sales or in sales now looking to take it to the next level, what, and you have hindsight being 2020, what would you, what would you say to them? Okay. So I would, and you and I were talking about this before we hit record, like I genuinely think sales is the best place that you can start your career. Unless you want to be a coder, you want to be an engineer, <laughs> like Sales is the best place you can start your career, right? Because you learn so much about business. You learn how business works. You learn how to communicate. You learn how to talk to people. You wind up, you, especially if you start where freaking almost every salesperson does these days as an SDR, where you're having a <laughs> prospect to people from all different types of like different roles and different backgrounds. You wind up learning so much about like just how business works. So I want to be clear to, to the women that are listening is like, look, sales was not the right fit for me long-term. It wasn't. And there's a lot of really tough, negative things about being in sales. Sales is one of the hardest jobs and people act like it's not, but it is. It is such a tough job and it is not for everybody. However, it is a phenomenal place to start. And I think you can cut your teeth in business and sales in a way that will pay dividends down the line. And so anybody that is like, mm, I don't know if I want to do this, freaking do it. It'll be a grind. It'll be brutal. SDRs have one of the hardest, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse, but shittiest jobs. It's like the whole like shit rolls downhill thing. It is a thankless job. It is brutal. You can get paid pretty well, but it is freaking tough. But holy moly, you learn bonkers amount of information about sales and you 
you rise up in terms of your skill set and all these other things and take it from two political science majors who like had no clue <laughs> how to do anything. And went into sales. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like you learned so much going through that process. And I think like, I sometimes wonder about this for like, I haven't been in sales in a long time. Yes, I sell because I'm an entrepreneur and I have to freaking close my own deals now, which is, but I'm super passionate about the fact that you can start a really long, successful career in business, in sales. And I think everybody should. Again, I agree with you. So take take the first step. That's what you're saying. Don't be scared. It's, it's a grind. It's never easy, but yeah. get out there and do it. Get out there and do it. And to your, the other part of the question that you asked was, you know, people that are already in sales and want to figure out how to get to that next level. And I think like the biggest thing I'd say is make more friends in sales. Like I think way too often we stay really in like insular in the companies that we work for. And there's something really amazing that happens when you start to kind of like build your, your like tribe of other people in the industry, because you can learn a lot. You can move up way faster and it can be a lot less lonely and a lot more fun. Networking of some sort. Networking of some sort, like go to an event, join a, join a, a group, do interviews on podcasts with other salespeople, because this is one of the best who, ways who to make a new friend. Who would do something like that? That's, that that's, that's, that's crazy. Yes. All right. So let's put a bow on it and wrap it up. My, my lesson learned is, and I always ask what my clients, what their lesson learned is when we wrap up is yeah. it, it's tough out there. There's certainly challenges for women, females looking to get in looking to get or grow within the sales world, but there's enough challenges out there. Don't be your own challenge. Ooh, that is a really good way of putting it. Yeah. Don't be your own challenge. Get out of your own way and be, be like us, be nerds about mindset, read all the freaking books, like become a student of mindset, because I think it's, we're not taught to do that. Parents didn't teach us to do that. We definitely, I did not learn that as a political science major. Like, yeah. let me tell you, <laughs> yeah. didn't, I didn't, didn't write a damn good that. research paper, but like, I did not learn how to like be a happy human. And sales is a really, really tough mental game. And so mindset becomes 10 times more important than, I mean, it's important in absolutely anything, but I think it's much harder to stay positive and stay upbeat in sales with managing the whole cognitive dissonance of like having every deal that you're working on be like the only one that matters. And then when, <laughs> it, and then when you don't win it, when you lose it, acting like it didn't matter at all, like that's freaking hard. And like, we don't talk about that enough. And so, so if you are in the game, get obsessed with having a positive mindset, because it'll be like your secret weapon. Pure gold. So Casey, how can the people get in touch with you if they want to reach out? Yeah, so I'm on absolutely every social media platform from LinkedIn to freaking TikTok. My handle is a better Jones. Anyone who wants to connect, anyone who wants to not to talk, just like reach out. I'm always down for um, a conversation whether on a podcast or not. I was going to say, I will attest to that. I, I reached out cold. So Casey, fun talking to you today. 
I'm glad we were able to connect. I I hope I didn't seem like too much of a traitor to my own gender, but I'm a big believer. Uh, Of course not. And you agreed with literally everything I said, so. And I really like to be more disagreeable, at least challenge some thoughts, but I I feel like we're on the same, every once in a while you find- 30 minute ego boost, you know? I needed this, thank you. Holly side person who has a worthless degree, like myself, time in sales, so I, I guess there's just, too much there for us to agree upon. Like, yeah, too bonded. Well, well thanks again, Casey. Thank uh, you. Really enjoyed our time together. Yeah, me too. Thanks for listening. I hope you got as much out of this as I did. To find out more about how we work with companies to help them grow sales more profitably and predictably, please check out gordon.sandler.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.